Welcome to Nurture Small Business, creating a thriving space with your host, Denise Kagan. Denise is the president of DCA Virtual Business Support and has been a business owner for almost 20 years. DCA Virtual Business Support provides small businesses with an expert pairing of virtual administrative and marketing assistance to match your needs. Learn more at dcavirtual.com. Steve Weibel is a Marine Corps veteran with a deep background in real estate, print manufacturing, as well as building business credit. He's a public speaker and the author of Business Credit, the Complete Step-by-Step Guide. He's a trainer, an avid learner, and he is passionate and combines all of his high energy and business credit knowledge into these things. In his current role as the Director of Business Development for Credit Suite, Inc., he provides impactful insight into building business credit that is not tied to your social security number. Wow. Is that actually a fact? Welcome to the show. It is. It is. It is. Hi, Denise. I'm so happy to be here today. I am delighted to have you here. So business credit is always something that's of interest to our listeners. I mean, you know, a lot of our people are growing. They need lines of credit. They need, you know, resources, maybe a, you know, a loan for equipment or expansion. And it's really important for them to understand what they need. So I am so glad you're here today. <laughs> I'm glad to be here. I love telling people how to build their business credit. It's it's really, there's two types of business credit. Like you mentioned loans, there's business credit without a personal guarantee and there's business credit with a personal guarantee. And the way I tell people to think about it is if you're going to get cash in your hands, write a check against it, they're going to ask for a guarantee or at least an asset. If If it's credit to buy things, that's business credit. And that includes visas, MasterCards, American Express, things like that. Okay. So loan with requiring an asset, what's what's a type of asset that they would consider for a business owner? Uh, anything from a 401k to uh, a, your commercial building. If you own your commercial building outright, or you, know, you have lots of equity in it, or equipment. Um, like I was in the printing business. So our presses that we owned outright, we could have borrowed money against them because uh, they were worth you know seven figures. Uh, it. It's an asset is something they can easily sell if you default on the loan. That's okay, the best so way to put it. You mentioned two different assets. The 401k, that's a personal asset. Right. The commercial building and equipment is a business asset. Business. So talk to me a little bit about that. That's a little scary when you talk about, you know, putting my retirement on the line. Well, and we don't recommend it. That's not something we recommend, but I know that's how a lot of people will fund their startup business. A lot of people do it that way. Uh, I certainly wouldn't do it. I have a 401k that's, that's there for when I get old next week or the week after. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but it is something that, that, that we talk about because we get calls for it all the time. To me, what I find with most people is they think they need a cash loan. I'm just going to pick a number for 100000 And then when I break it down, what they really need is fifteen. The rest of it is stuff they can get with business credit. So people are quick to run to you know, the bank to get a loan for cash. And when they do that, like I said, they're going to have to put up an asset or a personal guarantee. And to me, a personal guarantee is an asset. You're risking your credit score for your business. I mean, I understand that emotionally, but why? <laughs> why do it if you don't have to? And again, it depends on what they're looking to do. Like in real estate, I was flipping properties. I needed credit to fix these homes up, right? I needed money to fix these homes up. So first thought, I need money. No, I didn't. What I needed was credit from Home Depot and Lowe's, and I needed some visas and MasterCards to pay vendors with. 
none of that required a personal guarantee for, for me. But and, isn't there a, a, a big disparity in like interest rates? I mean, you're talking about a loan that might be 6%, 10%, 12% versus a credit card that, you know, 19.99. Yes. A hundred, you are a hundred percent correct. <laughs> However, again, it depends on what you're trying to accomplish. So in this case, it was the 2001 to 2008 era, right? I was selling those houses within a week. So I'd fix them up, have it on the market, it'd be sold. And I'd have my cash within 30 days. So I'd pay off the credit cards. Gotcha. So I really wasn't paying. I was paying 1%, 1% to 2% interest versus you know the full 18 because I wasn't carrying that balance. Um, but what it allowed me to do was to scale quickly because I still had cash as well. Don't get me wrong. But instead of using my cash to fix them, I would use my cash to buy new ones. So I, I had like an assembly line. I mean, 300 properties in a couple of years, that's a lot. You got to imagine how many I was doing per month. Yeah, that sounds insane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, it was insane. I don't even know how we did it. Thank God my father and my brother were helping me. But you know, that's just one example. Business credit doesn't necessarily have to be any interest at all. I'll give you another example. If you have a strong business credit profile, your vendors, whoever the vendors are that you're doing business with, like I was in printing, so paper was a big supply for me, right? I bought millions of dollars in paper. Well, I had terms with those vendors. No interest, just terms, net 60. I had 60 days to pay them. I needed that credit to survive because if I had to pay cash, I couldn't give my clients credit like Blue Cross Blue Shield or back then, I believe it or not, I helped launch AOL. That's how old I am. <laughs> um, <laughs> but so they're expecting terms. Big corporations are expecting terms too. They understand business credit and they demand it. So if you're doing business with any corporation, they're going to want terms from you at some point. Right? especially because I'm doing a lot of business with you. Well, if you can't receive the same type of terms from your suppliers, if you're a manufacturer, like I was, you're out of business. Nobody can finance that personally. Yeah, because you've got cash going out before you've got money coming in. You got it, exactly. So you're, you're, you're bankrupt. You know, At some point, you're going to be bankrupt unless you want to stay steady and never grow. Well, if you're not growing, you're dying. Yeah, absolutely. So, and, and the thing that I get really upset with when I see people, uh, you know, take a client to lunch and break out a personal visa card for American Express and they run that credit card. And when your utilization rate goes up, what do you think your score does? Boom. Goes down. down. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and then when they really need a cash loan, they can't get it because their credit score is wrecked. Mm -hmm. So that's really what business credit is about. I mean, believe it or not, there's, there's a small little company out there that was the best at it. And they started it right after World War II. This person was working for JCPenney making 75 hours a month. And he decided he wanted to start his own store. And he started negotiating with vendors getting terms. because he wanted, to, And then he wanted to discount those terms, pay them early, so that he could offer the discount on to consumers. That little company is called Walmart. Hmm. Right? That's how he built his entire company. He, is, he was the best at it. And he didn't use any personal credit to do it. And, you know, for the longest time, I didn't use any credit in my business either whatsoever. And then, you know, in the last couple of years or so, I've got an SBA loan and and I'm not talking the, the COVID related things. I have a regular SBA loan um, that's not tied to my personal credit. And I've had an American Express card for a very long time that's not tied to my personal credit either. Exactly. And those are the secrets that you're supposed to be giving us today. Yeah, it Exactly. Interestingly enough, so when we talked previously, 
you had given me an example of a truck driver. I had, this is a weird, so, so totally weird because this happened like about a week after I spoke to you. I, we sent out a net promoter score to our clients and somehow this guy was on our database and it accidentally got sent to the whole database as opposed to just our clients. And he rated us at a, as a one. And I, so I reached out to him. I was like, Hey, thank you for taking the time to rate us. Can you tell me why we're, we're you're not even a client? <laughs> and he's like, well, why did you de- decline my loan? And I was like, I think you have our business <laughs> confused with someone else. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> uh, but when I looked him up, he was a truck driver. And that's the exact example that you gave me. So um, would you mind sharing that example with, with our audience? Because it was a really good example and it really shows, you know, what people can do to be ready to, to apply for credit. Absolutely. So um, I think what you're talking about is, is the, the, the difference between personal credit and business credit and how it can really impact you. If you and I applied for a gas card, a fleet credit card, right, for fuel for our cars, they would look at our industry that we're in, right? So you're 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 in your business and you're probably not spending a lot on gas. So they probably give you five hundred or a thousand dollars because you're never going to max it out, right? Same with me. However, a truck driver, I see regularly over the road truckers get ten, fifteen, twenty, fifty thousand dollar fleet credit cards. Which makes sense because remember, fleet credit cards aren't just about fuel; they're also about repairs. You can use fleet credit cards to pay for repairs. That's the number one problem truckers have, especially independent owner operators. Their truck breaks down, they're out of business. If they don't have the cash available to fix that, and those numbers can be big, 25 grand sometimes, uh, they, they're, they're helpless. They're off the road. They're done. There's no more revenue. And the problem is very few people individually can have those type of credit limits, but businesses get them all the time. Matter of fact, the SBA says 10 to 100 times higher is what a business will get as opposed to an individual. So all you soul props out there, become an LLC. <laughs> and, and I think there were a couple of other tips that you gave me, like making sure you're not using a Gmail at, email oh, address. Oh, yeah, yeah, the fundability. You know, yes, yeah. Okay. Can you talk about that criteria? Absolutely. Okay, so when applying for credit, especially early on in the game, you have to keep in mind, this is credit that's not tied to you personally. So the lenders and creditors have to be very careful with, a, with an approval, they have to be concerned about fraud because there's no way for them to get it back if you are committing fraud because there's nobody tied to it, just the company. So they set up these little gates to find this fraud before it happens. And it's going to make sense to anybody who's in the manufacturing business because this is something you naturally do. But a lot of time consultants and people who work from home, which we're all doing for now, will kind of take a shortcut. Now I'm going to give you a couple of them. You brought up one. When you fill out a credit application, if your email is I have a business at gmail.com, that's a red flag. Yahoo, AOL, anything that's free, if it's free, it's not for me. Okay. When you what they really want to see is info at denisekagan.com, info at stevewebel.com, or at you know, whatever your business name is.com or whatever URL. You don't have to have the URL to match your business name, but it has to be your website. The reason we say info as opposed to your name is because it just makes you look bigger, <laughs> right? Like you've got a staff. Even if you're a, a one-person show, set it up as info or contact, okay? So that's the first thing. That's a red flag. You're not going to get denied because of it, but they're going to look deeper at you if you have a Gmail, Yahoo, AOL, okay? That's one. That's the easy one. The next one is your phone number. 
Now, what phone type of phone do you think I get when people ask when I ask people for their phone number, their business phone number? What do you think they usually give me, Denise? They're mobile. They always do. <laughs> Almost always, they're going to give me a mobile because it's attached to our hips. I mean, I know where mine's at. It's right here. Yeah. Uh, here's the problem. There's a little database out there that those of us who are old, we remember this. We'd pick up the <laughs> phone on the wall and we would dial 411. And then an operator would say, how can I help you? And you say, I'd like Joe's Pizza on Main Street. And they would connect you, right? It was called the National 411 Database. That database still exists today. Oh. I know we don't, you, most people don't realize it's even out there, <laughs> no, but it is. <laughs> I'll, tell you, I'll tell you who uses it now. Lenders. Mm. They check it to see if you're really in business. Is it like LexisNexis? Is that kind of, or is that like a different level? No, that's a whole different thing. And we'll, we can okay. dive into that. But so the problem with the 401 database, is you can't list a cell phone. It has to be a real phone. Now, I'm not telling you to go out and call AT&T and have them put you know, a phone on your desk. You can go get what's called a voice over IP or what most people now see as Google Voice. They'll hear, you know, you get a Google phone number, it forces your cell. The problem with Google is it's free. They own that. Mm-hmm. You don't own, you have no rights to that number. If you try to list that number, it'll come up as Google. So unless you are the CEO of Google, please don't use that number. You can go to a company like Ring Central. Yep. Get yourself a get yourself an eight hundred number and a uh, local number, and believe it or not, even 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 a fax, they're free anyway. I think the fax add on is free, and that's listable with the National Four Hundred One Database. And why that's important is, first of all, that number is going to stick with you wherever you go. If you decide, hey, my business is growing, I need a location, you can still have that number. If you go to a virtual office and get one of their numbers, and you leave that virtual office, now you've got to change everything out there about you to a different number. Anybody who's ever changed their cell phone knows what a nightmare that is. Right? Yeah. So get this, get a virtual number with Ring Central. And I recommend Ring Central only because we know that works. I know there's Grasshopper out there, they have something. Right. Um, yeah, I was I was I, gonna just stop right here and just say there's a couple. There's there's yeah. Ring Central, Grasshopper, Talkroot, which is what we use, and Jive, which is pretty robust actually. And Jive can if you want like actual headset phones on your desk, yeah. they can give you that too. And most of those can, but there's a, a couple of good options. We use, we've use we used TalkRoute for years. That got you. Like I said, we only recommend ReCentral because <laughs> we know when we list their numbers, because we list their numbers at the National 401 database for them, our clients. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know it works every time. So Grasshopper is kind of spotty. They're, I'm afraid I don't even think they have 800 numbers anymore. They're only local numbers. But anyway, so that's why we recommend. But certainly, Denise, you can recommend. You can probably know more about that than I do. I always stick with Ring Central. All right. So now we've got that down. Now let's talk about addresses because this is a big one. So in the business credit world, there are only three passing grades. Three. How many, Denise? Three. I just want to make sure you were paying attention to me. <laughs> <laughs> those, addresses, those addresses fall in this order. Obviously, a commercial address, your commercial address, whether you rent it or you own that building, is A. That's 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 the primo. That's what we want because that certainly proves that you're in business. They can Google Earth. They can look at it. They can see your sign on the building. Makes sense. B would be a virtual address. And I know you're familiar with this. In the 1970s, the virtual address companies sued or industry sued to be recognized as a real business address as opposed to a P.O. box. And they won that lawsuit. It was the late 70s. I happened to this. I'm, I'm aging myself. I happened to have been doing the marketing for one of them in New Jersey through, with my printing company. So I'm real familiar with it. So this is a concept kind of like <clears throat> like mailboxes plus and no, so, no, no, 
No, oh. that's where I was going to stop. Oh, okay. um, so virtual addresses are companies like Regis, R-E-G-U-S, Alliance, yeah. virtual okay. offices, Opus, virtual offices. They're national companies. They're in every state. They're in every city. You can find one near you. I don't care where you're located. Maybe in Alaska that you may not find one. I don't yeah, know. Regis is the big one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're the big one. So that's where you actually get an office. Your name gets put on the sign, the whole deal. They forward your mail to you. And you can use their conference rooms and whatnot. Here's the key. If I Google Earth your address and I see a retail store and and you're not in the retail business or a a U.S. postal building, you're going to get denied. No iPostal, no P.O. Box, no UPS store, no nothing along those lines. It needs to truly be an office. I had someone that swore up and down she had a real virtual office. I said, give me your address. And I went to Google, put in the address, and I saw the map. I clicked on the map, and I went to street level and looked at it, and it was a staple store. <laughs> I said, I said, so you got your address at Staples, huh? How did you know that? I said, I'm looking right at it. I said, don't you think lenders do the same thing? <laughs> I'm sorry. That's really amusing. <laughs> it, it really is, right? But it's not, it's not their fault because they don't know any better, right? They just want something that's convenient, right? A P.O. box is convenient. It's very I mean, convenient, especially I, when you, I, you know work from home and you don't want your home address, address out there. Well, that's where I was going. The other passing grade is your home address. You can actually use your home address. Just be aware that lenders will Google your address to look at it. So they're going to see your house. If you have a big, beautiful mansion and you're applying for credit, yeah, go ahead. Throw your home address on your business. But you understand my point. They are going to be able mm-hmm. to see it. And more importantly... The business credit reporting agencies put a picture of your office on your report. (laughs) So just keep that in mind Uh, on the digital reports. You can actually see your office, but again, it's still passing. Look, I started my company in my basement. Yeah. And that, and that was my address. That's how I started. My dad started his company in his basement. You know, we had printing presses down in the basement when I was a kid. It's not a problem doing it. All right. They accept that PO box, automatic denial, automatic. They're not even going to look any further down the application. So that has to go. That's our third one. Our fourth one is going to seem ridiculous, but I have to mention it because some people still operate the wrong way. If you own a business, have a business checking account. Don't run it through your personal account, please. You're going to get audited at some point. And then what you don't know, or most people don't know, is you have something called a bank credit score. Now, what this is, is data that the bank allows people to see about your business and it's based on your average balance over 90 days. Now, they're not telling your balance. They're not going to expose what you have in the bank, but it's a window, zero to 5,000, five to 15,000, 15 to 100,000, 100 to 200,000. It's, it's a credit score based on your average balance, but it also tells you when your bank account was opened. Ah. Now, here's where it becomes problematic. If you open it two days before you apply for credit. (laughs) You got it. And, and, oh, it's even worse than that, Denise. And I've seen this. I physically have seen this. Somebody registers a business or they worse, they buy a shelf corp, which is the biggest scam going, that has been in business for 10 years, but they open their bank account today. And then they fill out a credit application. They put they've been in business 10 years. Now, Mm -hmm. who do you know who's been in business for 10 years, but never had a bank account the entire time? Nobody. Not unless, not unless they're changing banks, but then there should be a record of the There's other a bank. record of that. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. when we dive into the LexisNexis. Yeah. Ah. Um, 
<laughs> yep. So, so the point is, what'll happen is you may get approved for that credit initially because the initial creditors won't dive that deep. But at some point, as your limits get higher and higher, they're going to look, and somebody's going to figure out that that's a shelf corporation or that you never were really in business, and they're going to broadcast that data to Dun and Bradstreet. And they're going to mark your account as fraud. Oh. And you're finished. Can't be removed. Cannot Ever. be. Wow. I mean, it can be. It's going to take a lot of work, a lot of lawyers, but in the end, there is no fair credit reporting after business credit, right? The government sees you as a business person, as someone who has to be responsible for their actions. Ironically, they don't see us individuals as being responsible for our actions. <laughs> they want to protect us, but as a business, you get no protection, all right? So you need to be sure that what's reporting on your reports is clear and exactly what you have. And if there's something that doesn't belong, we can show you how to dispute that. It's pretty easy to dispute. But that was actually going to be my next question is how, yeah. you know. Yeah. It's not difficult. And that's a longer conversation, maybe a second podcast. Um, <laughs> but 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 I will tell you, once it's marked as fraud, good luck. I, I had a, a client of mine do exactly what I told him not to do. And he got marked as fraud. And he spent six months trying to fight it. And finally, he said, screw it. just started another company. Oh, wow. He, that's a lot could, of trouble. Yeah, because he bought a shelf corporation and he basically lied. I mean, he, look, it is a lie. You haven't been in business for 10 years. You started your company today. Right. right. So, so don't lie. They're going to find out. And that moves me on to LexisNexis. LexisNexis is the CIA of credit reports. <laughs> they know everything about you. They know every car you've ever owned, what color it was, what the VIN number was, any insurance you've ever owned, any licensing you've ever had. If you were in the military, like me, they know what you did in the military within reason. When you got out, they know everything about you, every business you've ever owned, every bank account you've ever owned, or your business. So if they pull your LexisNexis report and they see no bank account for your business for the last eight years, and now there's one here, that's fraud. Oh, wow. If you said you've been in business for the last eight years. So anybody out there didn't open a business bank account, please run to a local, your local bank and open a business bank account today. <laughs> All right. Okay. And when you uh, say shelf company, I just want to make sure you're talking more like a franchise, like, you know. No, no, no. no? Shelf companies. There's these companies out there that have registered businesses. Like I have, I, believe it or not, I still have my printing companies. It's still active. It's just not active. It's just paper. It's for me. I keep it for myself. Okay. Um, but there are people that will register businesses and then age them. They sit on a shelf and then they sell you that business as if it's 20 years old because it's been sitting on the shelf for 20 years. They pay the annual reports every year. They don't care, but then they sell them for a lot of money, 15, 20, $30,000 because back in the day, long before the digital age, it worked. You could get loans based on the age of your company because remember, most people fail in the first five years. So if you have a company that's 20 years old, they're you looking look at that as yes, okay. but they could, but they couldn't. It's not like today where they have instant access to information. Back then, you had they had to mail something out, they had to get a bank reference. They half the time they didn't check. Don't try it today; you'll get so, caught. So, how would that impact somebody if, say, they bought a business and the business had been in active for ten years? That business will have shown that it's had a bank account for ten years. Okay. Okay. So. so, so so it's with, an actual with the history, even if it's a new owner, Correct. they still could potentially get credit. Correct. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, that's that's never a problem. First of all, you okay. can prove it just by showing bank statements for the last 20. If you buy a business, you tend to get all of it. 
that's not an issue. I'm talking about a shelf corporation that was never active, never did business. It was a piece of paper is all it was. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Don't buy it. It's a waste yeah. of money. The only time- I can't imagine that, why anybody would spend money on that. <laughs> I'm about to tell you why. Um, the only time it actually works is if you're a contractor, when I say contractor, construction, and you're going to do business with the US government, their contracts tend to require three years in business. Right? Mm, okay. But they don't they don't care about your bank account. They don't care about anything else. Have you been a registered business for three years? Well, if I'm going for a million dollar contract and I just started my business last month, I'll go buy a shelf corporation because they don't care. That's the only time it's worth anything. Other than that, from a lending point of view, it's worthless. Gotcha. That makes okay. perfect sense. Okay. So speaking of reports, because that kind of leads into the whole fraud being reported. Dunn and Bradstreet. If you don't have your Dunn's number, it's easy to get. You just go to dnb.com, davidnancyboy.com. If you've been in business over a year, before you go applying for a Dunn's number, search to see if you already have one because you probably do. Really? Yeah. It's a, they, they'll find you. It just happens organically because it's free, right? So they're going to assign you the number anyway as soon as you ask. But if you've been in business a little over a year, I did this last night with somebody like, well, I can't get started building my business credit until I get my Dunn's number. I said, okay, yeah, I get that. Go ahead and apply. Let me tell you how, I said, how long have you been in business? Oh, this is 2019. I went, oh, well, hold on. I went on the Dunn Brushies website, searched the name of their company and their state. There it was. I said, you've already got your Dunn's number. They don't even tell you about it. You just have one. Oh, that's interesting. So if you go to apply and you've already got one, will it indicate that or do you just well, wind up with a gonna- second Dunn's number? No, well, that that can happen if, if if the person on the other end of the phone doesn't hear your address correctly or something, because business credit is reported based on an address. But just go to Dun Bradstreet DMB uh, Dun's number lookup. You'll see it right there. It's pretty easy to find the top, and just search your name in your state. And if you have a Dun's number, it will come up. Matter of fact, what I tell people to do is put at least the first word. So if like I had uh, the Shamrock Group, so I want to put the, but I'd put the Shamrock. Mm-hmm. Right, I didn't even. I wouldn't even put group in in case they misspelled it or whatever when they gave me the number. So I just searched Shamrock, and sure enough, there it was. Perfect. Uh, I didn't okay. even realize they would do that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's actually an updated website. They did a great job. It was used to be a little more difficult. Yeah, I have seen that they updated it. That happened two ish years ago. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Matter matter of fact, I'll give you. The actual link. It's dnb.com forward slash duns dash number forward slash lookup. dnb.com forward slash duns number. Duns dash number. And I'll put it in our messaging so you can use the share the link in the, for the show. Yeah, absolutely. That way, that way your listeners can go look up their duns number right now if they want. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so um what final thoughts would you like to leave to our listeners on how they can get credit not connected to their personal number? Well, we personal, certainly can, social security they can, number rather. They can they can download a uh, free business credit building guide uh, at our website. I think I shared the link with you, creditsuite.com forward slash pod dash EIN. They can get their free building business credit building guide. They can reach out to us and we can give them a free consultation. We can do a Dunn's number lookup for them. Uh, we can get there's 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 more than those five items we talked about. So we'd like them to reach out to us so that we can show them exactly what lenders see, uh, and then we can show them how to continue on and build their business credit. I have to tell you, Denise, it's not a destination; it's a journey, <laughs> right? Because as your business grows, you need more and more credit. Right? Mm-hmm. Like most people don't think about this, but if you're driving a car for business and it's in your personal name, you're crazy. 
buy a vehicle in the company name, let the company finance it without a personal guarantee. It's possible. Happens every day. Like that's just that little change in, in your thinking. Because remember now that's not debt you're carrying personally, right? So what's your score going to do? Um, your score should either stay the same or go, go get up. better. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because your debt to income ratio is going to be lower. Mm-hmm. Right. So that that's kind of what I want people to think about credit differently. That's my final thought. Think about it differently. If it's if the business needs the product, whatever it is you're looking to buy, let the business finance it. Don't you finance it. Don't go to Staples and break out a personal credit card and buy your supplies or your new home office, right? I'm getting, it's funny. I'm getting ready to redo my office at home. I'm not using my credit. I'm like, I'm not using my credit for it. Come to think of it. I think I have a Staples card too. That's related to the business. Not, it doesn't show up do. on my personal credit yeah. report yeah. at all. And I totally I forgot you, I had it. <laughs> yeah. And, and, I, and I, because it doesn't report on your personal credit, right? Yeah. I, I will tell you. One last thought. If you're building your business credit profile, don't just focus on DMB. Okay, Dun and Bradstreet. Because that's where vendors look, but banks look at Experian. You do have a business experience credit profile. Mm, okay. okay. So so that's why what we do is so important. We teach people not only how to build it, but we tell them where everybody reports to. So you understand in the building process how to build your Experian profile, your Equifax profile, and your Dun and Bradstreet profile. Okay. Perfect. So I'm sure there's going to be folks who want to listen, you know, reach out to you after the podcast. How do they find you? Well, they can go obviously to our website, download that free guide that we put the link in. They can reach me personally at Stephen, S-T-E-P-H-E-N at creditsuite.com. They can call our 800 number, which I never call. So bear with me one second. <laughs> that is content. That is, it's so terrible. Is it 877-600-2487? Okay. I'm going to ask you to repeat that one more time. 877-600-2487. Perfect. Because you said it really fast the first time. <laughs> and that's how I talk. <laughs> I just I wanted can... to make sure that our, our <laughs> listeners caught it. Small, real, real fast story. I, I, um, First time I ever did a webinar, I was asked to do a webinar about business credit. I'd never done one, right? So I get on, I do it. I call our CEO, Ty Crandall, and say, yeah, it went great. It's wonderful. He goes, what are you doing? It was an hour and a half webinar. It's only been 30 minutes. <laughs> I said, oh, my bad. <laughs> Oops. Because <laughs> I, I talk really fast. That's a, that's a New Jersey thing. No, no worries. T- typically in one of these things. So sorry about that. <laughs> no worries. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> <laughs> Slow me down. <laughs> Slow you down. Steve, thank you so much for being on our show today. I appreciate it. Oh, Denise, it was my absolute pleasure. Thank you for joining us for today's Nurture Small Business, creating a thriving space podcast. Learn more about your host at dcavirtual.com or by emailing her directly at denise at dcavirtual.com.